0: The why this is simple because we can to be honest with you and it's it's not cocky uh, I've been hurt and I can't do things when I'm hurt and it upsets me I was overweight I was knocking 300 pounds smoking a pack and a half a dart day. I'm a great cigarette smoker probably one of the best uh, But the stairs were killing me, so we kind of just rolled, got a little momentum, and realized, you know what, like every time we tried something, we accomplished it, so we just went a little further, and a little further, and a little further, and this is where we got to so far. Um, And I know someday I'm not going to be able to do this. I don't know when, I don't know what's going to happen, but someday this is not going to happen, so I'm going to make every minute count that I can.
1: This is Dave Green. I am Chris Sorrenti. Welcome to the Night of Adventure podcast. This is the podcast where we explore the human spirit through storytelling. And this week we have Chalmers Blinkhorn
2: Oh man, uh, Chalmers. So <laughs> Chalmers is a grant recipient. That's right. Recipient, and uh, and that's his real name.
0: Yeah, that is his real
2: name. The coolest name ever. It's and amazing
1: because <laughs> he's so pure. It's he, he. It's a pure sense of adventure. He's going out there for the experience. I he's mean, not looking for fame. He's not looking for money. You
2: no, know, he just wants to do it. And he comes from an unhealthy background. That's and that's right. the coolest part of the story, I think, is that he changed his life. He stopped smoking a pack a day. He lost a ton of weight. And he just, no prior experience, just said, I'm going to go do all these things and just starts yeah. doing them. I mean, it's super inspirational. Um, he's hilarious, um, and he does a great job of, you know, if, if you listen to him talk and you don't think, well, I guess I, I could, I could do that. Um, you're not listening close enough because so Chalmers, Blinkhorn, uh, enjoy this.
0: Uh, so, uh, we came up with this idea and I'll say we, uh, my wife, Tracy is kind of the everything here. I, I come up with a silly idea. She convinces me it's not silly and we go for it. So, uh, this is homespun. It's just COVID. What can we do? We want to go do big things. We weren't sure what it was. So we thought, well, we, every year for our anniversary, we, we went up and ran a trail I said, well, I would really like to do them all so yeah <laughs> and uh i got in bike in a couple of years ago and and the cabot trail is really really nice so i said i'd really like to do that too but I, i've got a couple of kids and i don't really have a lot of time so yeah we, we had a weekend in june so we really went for it uh <laughs> i couldn't do it by myself uh i needed help for sure so tracy has we call it our adventure wagon I would call her crew but she did a lot, she did 50k of Cape Breton trails and uh, I had a friend Stuart uh, in the back, come on Stuart raise your hand. Uh, He was going to be support but then he did all the running so he really wasn't that supportive he just sat there with me suffering the whole time. (laughs) But we had a lot of fun, and it, was, it turned into a race, and it was, it was great. Uh, I'm going to ditch that and just wing it. Uh, one of the memories that kind of stands out, it's really, really funny. Uh, those Cabot Trail road cyclists passed, and they looked amazing. The big sunglasses wrapping around. I had a pair of cheap plastic, orange lens aviators. Tire sealant running out of the tires of the bike, full of mud from the rain at Mica wearing running shorts and a Nathan waistband that was propped up over my belly button because I was too lazy to fix it. So <laughs> they probably remember me just as much as I remember them. But So night one. The theme of this was kind of, we really want to do this in 60 hours. This was an arbitrary goal that we completely made up. We did a bit of math. It was aggressive. It created urgency. But we would never not stop to have fun. So when Lee at Live Life Intense reached out, he has a documentary on the Cabot Trail. You should all watch it, it's amazing. Uh, that gentleman is in the documentary. <laughs> he is Bryson at the Highland Hostel, and he is a loose cannon. <laughs> but probably one of the best hosts in Nova Scotia, and he has an awesome hostel. We made the mistake of going there our first night. We had. <laughs> So because of the 1.01 a.m. start, we kind of thought, well, we have to sleep. We'll get the first, we'll sleep one really solid sleep the first night and then just go for it after that. Yeah, it's kind of <laughs> went to hell in a handbasket and we lost that rest that we got. We did get out and got, about, I think, four and a, four hours, five hours sleep, probably, in and about. Uh, but I was dragging the crew out, and if I'm your, your voice of reason, we've already lost the battle. <laughs> So day two, this is the mountain day, less smoky. Uh, I wore that, just joking. Uh, <laughs> uh, so we're doing uh Jake and Jackpine. Jack, Pine, I won't read them all, but we're also cycling north. Uh, we're going to hit French at the end, and uh, Mackenzie, uh, really tough day on the bike. It was really windy, really bad. Uh, we lost a lot of our ability to cook due to high winds. So we were kind of taking, like, I was taking in a slurry of Gatorade, which is really awful, like that bottom of your grocery store. Hey, when does that expire kind of Gatorade? <laughs> and uh, peanut butter and potato chip sandwiches. So it, it was kind of all hands on deck. Uh, this was the second last trail. This was Skyline, uh, and th- this is Mackenzie up. Uh, just kind of going for it this was kind of like hey we should take that really nice photo with the sunrise but i don't even remember it really that well uh one thing i do remember the skyline it was really funny we were all gassed and there was a a middle eastern family in the parking lot cooking this big massive cookout and it smelled amazing and we just wanted to get to the end of the trail and go and stewart was walking beside us, and the gentleman come over to just make a comment about the sunset or that, and Stuart had convinced himself that he had invited him over to the barbecue. <laughs> <laughs> so we had to talk about it. It's like, no, he's not inviting you over for food, Stuart. you got to go, man. we got to get out of here. So. so that was just one of the funny memories that kind of stuck out. But it, it kind of really goes all down to this, like, these, this homespun adventure, although we did put a time limit on it, that was really what we wanted, we just it was friends, it was, it was just fun, it was always meant to be fun and, and see stuff and, and do something incredible, but never at the expense of each other, never to start a fight, never to, to do all that. So we had some really good memories here, uh, Aspie was amazing, uh, kind of got our second wind on Aspie, just running up and down these hills like kids, uh, saw a bear way far away, kind of running. Uh, me and Stuart got into a bit of a race. I beat him, just saying. I'm be- definitely beat him by about 100 meters, if someone was counting. Uh, but then at Fishing Cove, Stuart got his second wind and he barely beat me. But he, but he did, uh, and he was a really good sport about it. Uh, so night two, that was right after Skyline. The winds really picked up on us at French. It was, it was really gnarly. We couldn't cook, we couldn't get any fire, nothing. Uh, coming down French, it, it got from bad to worse. Uh, anyone familiar with Camp, they have to be the toughest people in the world to live there. Uh, and, and we were going down, uh, Tracy, Stewart, well ahead of me. Uh, the wind picked up, actually blowing the bike all over the road. The wind was blowing so bad that the adjustment on my bicycle helmet—it blew the helmet up and, until the adjustment kind of maxed out. So I barely got the bike down the hill to a place called Cornybrook. It's a little campground, a self-serve place. Uh, it was done for the night. It was kind of on plan. So we parked the bike there. Stuart and I ran to the next trail to at least try to make, you know, less bad or the worst type of deal. Uh, Tracy stayed behind. I kind of mentioned to her, why don't you just take off to camp? give us an hour and a half, come back. Uh, I come back after the trail, just miserable, miserable experience, kind of defeated. Uh, There's a light on in a hut in the back. We didn't even see the hut when we got in there. I was like, oh, great, a park ranger came in. Uh, This is Tracy in sheer terror, as she stumbled around Cornybrook in the dark, she found out this cabin was open and set up a kitchen in the middle of the night. So you have to picture the wind blowing the, the panes, the single pane glass just shaking, the doors going, just pure nightmare fuel. Like I looked in there, I was like, fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> is, is that Rigatoni? <laughs> so, so that's just kind of the commitment to, like, that was, that was kind of such a confidence boost. Oh, so we ate, we packed up, had to sleep in the vehicles. So we have a bike rack on top of the van. The bike's all locked in. The wind was blowing so bad that the bike was going to break off the van. We had to back the van into the tree line just to get out of the wind. Till So it did succeed over the night. And we got in the next day. Uh, but it was, it was by far the windiest I've ever been a part of. Uh, day three, kind of, hey, we're in it. You know, we're, we're kind of pretty close to our arbitrary timeline. Uh, Cap Rouge, Stewart looked over to me and kind of said, hey, you kind of know, like, we were gold until we weren't. If we're going to do it, we got to run fast. I did not want to, but, uh, <laughs> but we did. It, and it was just, that was kind of the moment that it all did what we wanted it to do, where it was tough, it, we were supporting each other, we were having fun. Uh, we kind of should have failed probably right at that point, but we just tried again, and, and we got moving, and we got moving quick, and we got and I got laughing, and then we got excited for each other, and then it wasn't my adventure anymore, it was mine, Stewart's, and Tracy's adventure now, they're all moving and grooving, and Tracy hit a PB, Stewart's hit a PB, uh, which by the way, he did over 130 kilometers of running in the Highlands, so for a support person, that's... That's a big ask for someone to come and help you do your thing, right? So, uh, we were really, really just supporting each other.
1: Hi. I'm Dave Green. I am the founder of Night of Adventure. Our mission is to explore the human spirit through storytelling. The Night of Adventure grant was created as a way to give back to our community. The grant supports grassroots, human-powered expeditions and adventure. Here are some words from one of our past recipients. And don't forget to get dreaming, start planning, and remember to apply to the Night of Adventure grant.
2: My name is David Bowman, I'm 26 years old, and I'm one of the 2022 Night of Adventure grant recipients. In July 2022, I traveled to Whitehorse, Yukon and raced the 50-mile Reckless Raven Ultramarathon. It was through the generous support of the Night of Adventure team that I was able to enter, train for, and travel to this race. But more importantly, Night of Adventure has given me an avenue through which I can connect to a community of enthusiastic, like-minded folks through dialogue, knowledge sharing, and storytelling. This, in my mind, is truly one of the greatest things about the Outdoors community, and Night of Adventure has encapsulated the spirit in a rich, meaningful way. I'm so grateful to be a part of this group, and I can't recommend enough to you that you check them out, share your story, and if you're even slightly interested in applying for their grant, go for it. You won't regret it.
0: of a, a one-on-one lesson, get an updated map. <laughs> uh, we had all the distances planned. They were not the distances of the trail. So we thought like, hey, we're rocking. We're way ahead. We only have an 8K to go, and then it would be like a 14K. <laughs> and then we would be down in the dumps, and then that 14K was actually only 10K. And, uh, and it was a lot of that kind of emotional thing uh, Salmon Ponds was probably the one where we thought we failed. It was the second last trail and we didn't think it. We got there expecting it to be eight. It was showing 12 and we were kind of 10 minutes of a buffer zone. I was like, I don't think. We tried. We tried our best. We got down there. The trail was only 10. And, and I was like, oh, well, we're not that bad. Uh, we started running quick. We got to the Acadian and uh, Stuart and I kind of looked at each other. Tracy was getting the van together. Kind of, she had done a, a massive couple of days, and and I just ran and Stuart ran, it, and uh, we separated, and it was amazing. We just climbing hills, running down the hills. Uh, can't tell you what anything looked like. It was solid fog, but you could smell the forest floor when you got down there. Uh, took all the the cautionary stuff off that you should be doing when you're doing these things, completely wrecked my quads, completely, just, because it, it just, no real rhyme or reason, just it, it was done. So all the leashes off, it was just a bike ride from there. Get back and uh, I think it was 40 minutes, maybe maybe an hour, I'm not sure at that exact time, from the end of the Acadian to get back to Maragree Forks. Uh, got dressed. Uh, Stomach's wrecked at this point, I've got no calories are going in well, Uh, the slurry of Gatorade is nothing but heartburn at this point in time. Uh, The peanut butter sandwiches are done. Uh, So I had mangoes, dried mangoes and I stuffed about a handful of those in my mouth and just chewed and got on the bike in my kit that I had more in two days uh, and refused to look at a time telling device. And just my head down, and I can remember thinking two things. Uh, one, how on earth are the lawns so nice and shed a camp this place? Is <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, and two, uh, I just got to get to this arbitrary bridge. Uh, and I got to the bridge, and I looked at my... my. I think I had my phone, and uh, it said that I was like 15 minutes out, and I knew it was only 10 minutes away. Uh, and I was like, oh, man, I'll, or no, it was... I'm, Anyway, around that time it was super close. Uh, I go and, and I get to where I think live life intense is it's Marguerite Force, it's one road. I can't mess this up. How did I pass it? Uh, and I'm stopped at the top of a hill and I'm like, oh my god, I'm gonna not finish this. My crew hasn't passed me. They were I laugh first. Where are they at? Did I Take a wrong turn on the Cabot trail. <laughs> and I hold up my GPS, and I'm like, "No, so I, I get going and, and I finish 59:31 uh, was the exact time? Uh,
2: but,
0: uh, a really hilarious thing happened. And it, was, it was really great. Uh, I had asked Tracy in Shedda Camp before I, left. I was like, can you just pick up a pizza for the end of this? <laughs> and uh, Stuart was still finishing up Acadia, Acadian Trail. So uh, when I get there, the reason why they hadn't passed me is uh, Stuart went a, a shortcut of some way to go ahead and get a shower and Tracy got held up with the pizza thing. So when I showed up at Live Life Intense, it was just me and the girl who was checking people in. <laughs> and. Uh, I'm not a hundred percent sure she really knew, because when I I came up the driveway, she just looked at me and said, "Do you need a coffee or something?" I was like, "You yeah. know, like that—that that would be great." And uh, it was such an anticlimactic finish <laughs> that it—it it was perfect, really. Uh, so, so that was our adventure. Uh, and it, I think the thing I, I really like about it, probably one of my most favorite things, is that. It was just looking at a map and piecing something together that was a bit difficult. Really, anybody can do it to a point bigger, shorter, whatever you want to do if you just kind of go a little bit outside your limits. I mean, and he's right, his grant is super easy to apply for. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, (laughs) uh, I applied, I was like, man, no way I'm getting that. But, uh, but I, I, a huge thank you because it helps a lot a- and these things are heavy at times to think about so uh, a thank you, like a genuine thank you for what you do because it means a lot and it, it really does help uh, both on a financial level but what's probably not talked about enough is the confidence you get when someone else invests in your idea a- and that was a big thing for me. <laughs>
2: What a beauty.
1: What a beauty. I can't believe that he got all the way. He, I can't believe he got to the end and there was nobody waiting for him.
2: <laughs> oh, and the Highlands Hostel story. Just too. Pure sense of adventure. Uh, like yeah. he's,
1: he got to the end and, and, and that was it. Yeah. He's like, oh, so this is, I'm, so I'm done now.
2: Yeah. What a, what a worthy grant applicant recipient. Right. Um. Oh man. Like yeah. just the perfect example of just going for it and uh, creating his own, like that, that is so creative to come up with that idea of like, yeah, what can I do? I'm just going to run this and bike this. And you know, like it's such an original idea. And so right. And
1: I always, and people ask me where, where do I, where do I come up with these ideas? Or I would ask Blinkhorn the same question. He would have the same response. We all look at the same maps. Mm. So you just got to open up those map books and start dreaming sometimes. And uh, Chalmers really, he really did that. And, uh, very proud of him as a, uh, now a Knight of Adventure alumni and a grant recipient. He is pure center of adventure.
2: Thank you for listening. And until next time, adventure on.
1: Amazing people everywhere you go.